0: Hey everybody, welcome to Generally Specific, the show that talks to inspiring people about what inspires them. I'm Anthony Cosme alongside my co-host Andre Dowdy. Here. And we're here, huh? Yeah, yeah, we're
1: here. We are here in the Wake Cave studio in Brooklyn. Yeah, Bushwick, stand up. Yeah. <laughs> we are sitting down. <laughs> we are very much seated right now. Um, but yeah, Bushwick's in the building. We are in a Bushwick building. So that's the scenario. Um, we've got a guest as usual. Yeah. So uh, this guy, uh, Brooklyn producer, by the way, of Cape May, Bureaucratic has taken a laptop, an electric bass, and limitless inspiration to bring the world a plethora of electronically tinged beats. Bringing leftovers from the world and bringing them to new life, Bureaucratic has brought the funk with projects like Beats 1 through 4. Take a note, beats spelled B-E-E-T. S like the vegetable. <laughs> He's collaborated with artists like rapper Akinyemi and fellow producer Flaming Ghosts, and has placements on compilations with Chillhop Records and Sunday Sauce, and as the theme song for the Spotify podcast Die Sect. Shout out to Cole Kushna. Fresh off a countrywide tour, opening for Young Bay, Bureaucratic joins us in the Wave Cave Studios. What's up, bro? Hey, bud. How's it going? Good. How are you?
0: I'm good. How do we do italy?
2: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of
0: course. of course.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. Happy New Year. You too. By the time, you know, as we of recording.
0: Say, yeah, I feel we should say. We're yeah. we're recording this a little bit in advance. I yeah. feel like it's going to slip out at some point. Yeah. So let's That's just true. all get ahead of it here. Yeah. We're recording in advance. Um.
1: So by the time this drops, it'll be like mid-February or so. Yeah. Early February, whatever. But, you know, the Brand- new year just happened. Yeah,
0: Brandon, you'll just, just be coming back from tour. But now you are about to go on tour.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. It's a mindfuck. Yeah. Yeah. We've got you know. to think about where I'm gonna be a month from now. Where yeah. is like travel the opposite of where I'm gonna be now?
1: In time, yeah. yeah. Um so you are going on tour of Too Many Zoos. Correct. How did that happen?
2: Uh so that mainly happened through my booking agency, which is Paradigm, represents both of us. Nice. Um, so that was a really neat look that came in. Actually, so funny story about Too Many Zoos is that they came up playing busking really in the subway Right in the subways, uh-huh. right, yeah. At like 14th Street and uh, Union Square. When I was going to NYU at the time. Crazy. Oh, wow. So I was like, wow, these guys are fucking sick. And I would like stand You'd bump and into watch. them then? Yeah. Or, I would or, stand and watch them. Like, I'd oh, yeah. get off a of class. I'd be like, oh my God, they're here again. Like, hell yeah. And I like never made friends with them then. I was just like watching in awe as I'm like this little 18 year old kid, like, i want to be a musician one day. Um, watching these guys, like, this is amazing. Um, but I mean, they would, they literally put on some of the most impressive shows I've ever seen in the subway. Yeah. And to just be going on the road with them now is like, just a funny full circle moment. Yeah, that's that's such it's a cool. crazy
0: thing. I mean, I remember when those videos started surfacing of mm-hmm. like this crazy band that was playing in the subway and and wow, have Hootin they hollering. have they made waves since then, you know? So yeah. it's really incredible to see where you've gone and now that you're able to go on this journey with them. That's such a cool thing, man.
2: Yeah, man.
1: It'll be cool. Yeah, it'll be cool. So, you tour a lot. I do. Like what's your favorite aspect of touring? Cause I know it can be like a very strenuous experience for some people. It's liberating for others. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it really depends. Like I've only been on a handful of tours. So I, I feel like every time I come back home, I'm like, wow, that was a really different experience. And I connected with a really different thing. So I'm still feeling out my relationship with touring just like as a person, as a music professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that. All right. So on my last tour, I went out with young Bay. As a support act. So, I went on right before him for like a month. We had uh, a bus. So, it was like an RV. It wasn't real. It was like a baby bus. It's still kind of cool. Still it was cool. Am- yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Amazing. Um, you know, I've done a lot of like SUV and like back of a Toyota Corolla with the base in your lap oh, yeah. and like an amp on top of your lap for like six hours. Yikes. So, like those kinds of trips are like you know, what you'd sign up for when you start to do touring and then you're suddenly in an RV and you're like, Oh my god, this is so great. <laughs> like, I've made it. I've made it. I this is someone else's bus that they're paying for and right. I've made it. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Um, so that was great because we just got a lot of time with each other. There was like six of us in the bus plus a seventh that would come and they would open up the shows and oh, nice. we had like a little rotating cast of characters doing that. So yeah. it was just it was just awesome. Like the the best part I think was just knowing that you're on the bus for a month with six strangers and yeah. like you're a team. Just figure out how to work together. Yeah. You know, like learn each other fast and then like start having fun cuz True. That's the only way you survive in in that setting. Um so Yeah, man. It was just like The other thing is like every every single experience is novel right. when you're on tour, right? right? Every single night you're in a different city a lot of the cities are like gross and boring and weird and like there's nothing to do and you like feel weird just even walking outside the bus you're like i don't know what to do in cleveland it's kind of weird so then you're like all right how do we have fun the six of us just like with a bunch of tito's vodka and like a dvd player <laughs> Wow. And so we'll, like i don't know stop it like whatever chuck stops we can in like evansville indiana and grab like mad weird movies like die i think we watch die hard we watch karate kid we watch like oh man karate kid twice <laughs> yeah. um, karate kid a third time definitely watch shrek the third um we caught up on some good like mid-2000s era truck stop you know dvd y'all like, were running three, the three. gamut yeah yeah, yeah. That's oh yeah good. i mean among many other things it's pretty
0: cool man i mean you and i were talking just before the record about uh this upcoming tour now you're doing and how it's gonna be a little different from that um indeed solo driving dude yeah <laughs> solo driving yeah man so
2: one of the funny things about being a touring, a touring solo beat maker is that you are <laughs> like entirely responsible for your own travel a lot of the time. Um, so I think in some ways I got spoiled by this last tour because I was like, I didn't have to worry about any of that. And now it's like, all right, I'm like on orbits everyday renting cars and like booking my own lodging and hitting up friends and friends of friends and trying to find places to crash and then figuring out like, you know, one of the cool things that I actually really like about this upcoming tour where it's like complete self-sufficiency, you know, is basically like I have to figure out fun ways to like thank my hosts. That's not just like, oh, here's 50 bucks, you All know, right. or like, mm. or I would have just booked an Airbnb. Mm. It's like, so I'm like, I'm really excited because I'm going to go down there. I'm going to buy a bunch of supplies at Walmart like day one and just like cook breakfast for everybody. Just make That's big fun. ass fan breakfast. Oh, man. like, that, that is gonna be such a great beautiful thing on this tour that i'm actually looking forward to like almost as much as the shows themselves yeah and so i'm just yeah this is it's gonna be an experience being alone hucking it like six hours a day sometimes from city to city but like i'll learn a lot about myself
1: true
0: yeah it's a lot of time in the car by yourself yeah i mean i love a love a trip by myself we're talking about that a little bit it's just
2: you gotta love a solo car ride for a long time they're
0: cool yeah they're
1: cool you know what
0: Sometimes I feel like
1: hesitation here. I feel like you just need someone to bounce shit off of sometimes. Oh, with well, that too. Yeah, well, yeah. But most of the time, honestly, you're right. Though no. I, you know, just you have podcasts. Podcasts, you know,
0: yeah. you You're listening to friend. generally specific in the car. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a
2: suggestion. Next time you go on tour alone, just yeah, throw it on the deck. Play the whole first season, which will probably get you through one yeah. stop. Well, yes. each
0: podcast is thirty seconds long, and right, uh, <laughs> so you're gonna have to play them over and over. Right, right, right.
2: I'm just imagining someone in the driver's seat of a car right now, They're driving alone <laughs> through like through like Blacksburg, Virginia, or whatever, and they're just like smiling, and this is like, oh my god, this is exactly what they were talking. This about. This is they're me. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> this is the thing. How did Only they know? Five hours left on this
0: drive. Damn,
1: damn. What a moment. Damn. So renting cars, renting lodging. Like, how far in advance do you have to plan all this? Because obviously, okay, yeah. booked like the car I booked today, I go out in like four shit.
0: days. Oh shit. Yeah. Right.
2: I mean, I've been keeping an eye on the prices because like who That's knows smart. how yeah. much they fluctuate. Mm-hmm. I don't really rent cars that much. That's but true. um they've been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like I don't
1: know. What you just do the best you can. What city are you looking forward to the most? Or like what's your favorite city that you've gone to? One or the other. Whatever.
2: Okay. I mean I can answer both. Um I let me see my favorite city I've gone to, I don't know if there's one in particular that sticks out. I guess if there is one, it's Seattle. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. Huh.
0: yeah. I love Seattle, yeah. Yeah, yeah you've been. I yeah, I love it. I've been there twice, yeah. Uh-huh. What's your experience um, there? Wow. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of it. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um Hey, now. Both times I went to Seattle, they were at the start of a road trip. Nice. So it was me flying to Seattle and then driving somewhere else. Yeah. So I wasn't, like, there for too long. Mm-hmm. But um, the first time I went to Seattle, I unintentionally ended up at a talib Quelly show Ooh, and i was fire. that i was guest listed for hey fire because i met their key, keys player um down by the water sharing some recreational activities fire mm. and uh he was just a very nice guy son of uh chris robinson shout out son of craig robinson of hot tub time machine fame he um, plays he yeah. performs. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. No, he's got a great voice, and he's he's very slick with the keys, and so is his son, evidently. That's cool. Damn. Plays in the band with Talib. That's cool. Man. So um, Wild. a punk band opened for them, which was weird. It was a weird lineup. It was a punk band I hadn't heard of, who their name is uh, slipping in my mind. Then Anti-Flag, which is a okay. band that I knew in, like, 10th grade. Uh, I knew a few of their tunes. Okay. And then Talib playing his music. But then a lot of covers. You played like scenario, (laughs) like it was it was really interesting. It was such a cool show. Um, You know, maybe that's just you know you got to pander to the Seattle crowds. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. You eat yourself some dicks. You get a to quote Seattle people. I think you get a bag of dicks dicks is a fast food hamburger joint oh okay you got like, a bag of dicks sporting goods place like how do you No nah, a bag of dicks, dicks. <laughs> and you just get nasty with yourself you know you eat some hamburgers um buy yourself a six-pack you know go ahead this it. is all stuff you do by yourself i mean i didn't i was with friends i, know, okay, I was cool. among friends i got a really good tour of seattle by a uh, cousin of a friend who lived there at the time, who lives here now in Brooklyn. Wonderful. So that it, all comes, it all comes back. They got two beautiful cats now. Mm. Uh, Gus and Lou, their names are. <laughs> we don't need to get into it. <laughs> Loving it. Loving it. <laughs> I love where this went though. You also have a cat. I do have a cat. What's... Technically, my roommate has a cat. Right. Um,
2: but I, being that I work at home, I am. So I spend more time with him because I I hang out with him. Uh, his name is Scooter. He's a he's a little right. tuxedo cat, um, and he's got three legs. Oh man. It's all you need. It really is. Yeah. If you're a cat, especially because he's missing one of the, fr- he's missing his front right. Uh, so it's like, you could do it without that so one. So he's always like kick pushing? Well, <laughs> y- <laughs> yeah. He skateboards go- a lot. Yeah, if he had, if he had a- Oh my God, that would be so funny.
1: That's <laughs> why I thought you <that laughs> called <comes> Scooter. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: I I wish. No, I mean, he's called Scooter because he like just, I mean, he was already called Scooter actually when of he was rescued. Um, and oh. we were just like, ah, oh, that's, uh, was rescued. Um. Yeah. But, you know, air quotes around that. But uh, he, he was he was actually in a pretty dire situation. Like, um, my roommate Jenny, her friend uh, ran social media for this cat sanctuary out in L.A. Oh. And was like, yo, this cat's really special. Someone who I'm friends with needs to go home with this cat. Mm. And Jenny saw this from New York and was like, I'm going to L.A. on a business trip in a month. Hold on to him for me. Wow. And to his credit josh who was working at the sanctuary was like deal done awesome and so yeah and then jenny flew out there a month later and then like hung out with it every day while she was on the trip and then came home with it and then the rest is history he's my dude
0: oh man yeah. that's a that's a great story it's a great little story. it's beautiful and yeah. he's
2: really he's really blossomed i think in this new york apartment i really find that he's um you know he's got about a 50 foot stretch of hallway that he can run down and get <laughs> true. his exercise true and uh and we're we're big on like giving him new toys cool because mm. like he gets bored of a toy after like a month at most mm. sure. But you know we have like a small small box of toys that was given to us by a friend so we're just kind of like just kinda throw a new one you know is he bored okay we'll give him like the green we'll give him the green uh octopus today <laughs> and then like this
0: pickle
1: that's supposedly <laughs>
0: filled with catnip but he doesn't really oh, react he, to that so uh-huh. we'll see Huh. He's more of a just a regular cucumber guy. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah. like the pickle. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sh- Hates
1: vinegar. That cat doesn't like seasoning at all. Keep, yeah. keep it fresh, yeah. you know. Keep it raw. You gotta keep it. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of keeping it raw, if we're gonna have a bag of dicks, are you going uh, plant based? Are you going regular? At dicks,
0: it's all beef, baby. Okay, so um, I think I don't know. I don't. I haven't been to dicks in like three years.
1: Do you think like they'd have a bag of dicks that's also plant based?
0: I hope they would because I don't, I don't, you know, your boys got beef with beef now. I don't, I don't play with it. So I would have to hope that they have a plant based option. Otherwise, I'm out of luck. But Dick's is also the kind of place that their burger comes the way their burger comes. You oh, know, so You they're, can't okay. say, I don't want mustard on this they're thing. Like, no, they're going to throw be. it Tell on Dicks, there. Nothing. <laughs> no. Kanye wrote the song about, about Dick's Oh. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, the inspiration about it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, I learned something new every day. Wow. <laughs> You learn something new yeah, every day. Back to
0: Who knows? When you start a podcast, you just start to speak in true fact all the time, and no one can look it up.
1: Bars. No, you have to take everyone's <laughs> word for it. Yeah, of course. You're not
2: going to hit the. You listening at home. You're not going to hit the pause button. You're not no, gonna go, no. You're not going to stop and be you're like, not go stop this. bag, this bag of sweet, dicks. sweet content. No. Yeah. you're in a car
0: right now, driving solo. <laughs> you're trapped. What are you going to do? Hit Siri. Put no. down your phone. Put it down right now. Siri, you're driving.
2: What's a bag Beep, of dicks? What can I help
0: you with today? Um. I had a real question for you.
1: Finally. That's a... <laughs> to those fake questions about dick.
0: Some banter, baby. Ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Ain't
1: nothing wrong with it. So,
2: um, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone's here for a serious talk. <laughs> <laughs> generally Specific, not Three Jokesters on a Couch. Uh, we should they change mean the, same the name. Thing. Is it too yeah. late to
1: change the name, actually? No, no. We, we got time. Welcome
0: to Three Jokesters on a Couch.
1: Yo, 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 Um. So... I'm assuming this is kind of like a general fact at this point or like a general understanding that as a musician, not all of your your income comes from album sales. I think that model is past its point. Or, yeah. Okay.
2: I don't know that that's ever necessarily been the model. Right. Okay. So
1: fair. so I'm learning something new right now. But, you know, there's touring, there's merch, yes. there's you know, placement deals and things of that nature. You have a very specific uh, and quote-unquote easy method to get your music out to people who are looking to spice up videos and other forms of media. Yes. Why did you decide to be so forward about it? Because, you know, it's, if you try to use anything on anything else, you know, there are takedown notices or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And right. you got to go through that. So why you've been very upfront with it. Um, Why is that?
2: Well, so I think just to explain this a little bit further give a little bit more context when i was starting out making beats i realized very soon afterwards um like i mean maybe six months into releasing bullshit on soundcloud shout that, out soundcloud that, yeah shout out soundcloud also shout out buzzfeed for Boom. finding my music really early on and they wow, put yeah. me on um and it was one of their senior video producers who was just like yeah I found your stuff on like a creative Commons search and i just put it in the background of like all these videos that racked up millions of views and it was at the beginning of the like listicle phenomenon you know where it'd be like six things you can clean your room better with and I was like, I like called my mom that day, like on the toilet. I was like, Mom, like, you don't even understand. I was like, I'm like 19 years old. I'm like, Mom, I think this is gonna be the first day of the rest of my life. You don't even. I watch this video. I'm a little embarrassed about it, but like, you gotta check it out. So, um, but basically, like, I was a little butt hurt about it at first, cause like, I feel like I should be getting paid. Like, right. I feel like there's like something about this that like, I, there's this is getting like, fucking orders of magnitude more views than anything else I've ever put out, and it's like. You know, I kind of want something from it. But then I was like, all right, that's just like impatience here. Like, I just really, you know, I'm out here trying to like make it. And like, how can I be like reasonable about this? And it, it dawned on me that like people are making videos. People need good background music. And if you're an artist, like it just behooves you to make shit as easy as possible for people to use. Like once I figured it out, it was like, okay, there's a legitimate market for this. And there's like thousands and thousands of people who are just like Googling stuff. I was like, okay, like make a website make Mm. this really easy encourage people to use independent music encourage people to share it you know be really upfront and reasonable and just recognize that like not everyone's gonna want to pay not everyone's gonna want to be like genuine but a lot of people are and a lot of people are like willing to support other creators you know because they're doing the same thing you are Mm -hmm. so once that that kind of mentality dawned on me i was like oh shit i just need to like email thousands and thousands of people and just like tell them about my music if they want to use it though if they don't want to dope like it's all good Mm. so that became sort of the underpinning of my whole business model that has carried me through nice I mean that's
0: really that's really interesting and and like something I wonder is like it takes a a lot of confidence I feel to just kind of put your stuff out there and get in touch with all these people do you think it was more of like a I, I hesitate to say like like blind confidence, or did were you at that point already knowing? Like I'm making something that's very valuable. I got the mark. Like no. I just, I don't mean to say that in a in a way. I just want you know. I don't know if that's coming off the right way.
2: Yeah. No, I feel you. Like, I mean, I think I think if you know me, you know that I'm like the last person who would ever be described. Be described. Pardon me as blindly confident. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's why I'm, I, I'm like. How did you? No. How did you just did get you this? this? Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck is going on dude um no i think what it really was is like i just i i I don't even know what to tell you because like i'm a i'm a pretty shy person like i've i've never been that upfront, like that good at selling myself but this is just one of those things where it's like look if you want to use it great if you don't great like it's just you know i just i found my angle and i found the perspective that i think worked with the audience that i was marketing to which Mm -hmm. was really just like YouTube creators Right At the beginning yeah. of like I mean this was like When vlogging was like Novel When mm. it was like The first way That people were starting To get famous on YouTube And it was mm-hmm. like Holy shit um, There's like A ton of people Who are seeing this At this higher level And they want to applica- Like replicate it And I was just hitting up The people who were doing it Really well And I was like Can you Hey can you like Use my music mm-hmm. um, And like yeah I had a success rate Of like one, at, one out of every 20 or something Which is honestly Pretty good All yeah, things considered great. I mean you know, I it was just like I can do that all day. I can email people all day. That's fucking easy. Hmm.
0: And and I got a lot of great relationships and made some great friends out of that. So, like, shit. Yeah, man, I'll be deep in a YouTube hole and I'll look up and it's like some video of some Australian dudes dropping hammers on (laughs) shit and then I'm like oh shit that's Brandon's music those fucking guys crack me up (laughs) they're so funny dude they're so ridiculous wait what is this it's um what is it called this is my deep cut yeah this is my deep Brandon
2: (laughs) cut I'm not gonna lie it's been about it's been probably a year since I've like gone down that rabbit hole but I want to say it's called um,
1: it's like How Impossible or something oh I think I've seen something like this I don't want to slander them because they're definitely going to listen to it and be like (laughs) what (laughs) <laughs> I was bureaucratic saying about our, our videos. The fuck is that guy doing? the fuck is he doing? No, is he thinking?
2: <laughs> yeah, crikey. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, it's just like a bunch of like dudes who are just bros and they just banter and spend twenty minutes dropping items from like six hundred meter tall buildings. I've seen it's something it. like it. Yeah, I think yeah. I might have crossed one. Yeah. one or two, yeah. one or two of them epic dart breaks refrigerator. or something. i i don't know i always see their their shit i'm just like yeah that must be the most fun life in the <laughs> fucking world are you
1: kidding me you just get to, like hang with your boys and drop shit on other shit and then like I take videos of if we it we take this marble <laughs> and drop it at the highest building in australia we can break this fridge <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so funny yeah. It's the first So I googled it uh, So I'm sorry It's it's how ridiculous How ridiculous Yeah it's nice The first thing that comes up Is anvil versus fridge <laughs> <laughs> Yep that's yeah, wild banger video by the way. <laughs> oh no, it's <laughs> it's sick. I've seen it. It's incredible. I, I like when they they drop like a sledgehammer through bulletproof glass.
1: Oh, that sounds dangerous. Yeah, the
0: Peter Gabriel song though, yeah. not the. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> drop. They drop MP3. So right. Rude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so you you touched on something real fast. Um, your your general disposition as a human. Um, and mm. I think this is something that all three of us have talked about and kind of relate to amongst each other. Uh, how do you, and this might open up a whole can of worms, but how do you kind of navigate being an, in a position where you are in the spotlight with that kind of reservation? Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I mean,
2: it's just hard. It's like, you know, it's it's the desire to, to be a professional. Um, And you have to, you have to just balance that with how you naturally are and and what, you know, what your tendencies are. Mm. And it's a, it's a long self-discovery process that never ends. Um, you know, like I don't love being on stage, but I love what being on stage affords me in terms of life experience and, and in terms of how it enables me to express myself. So even if Every time I'm on stage, like, you know, I might feel like, oh, my live show just isn't where, like, I quite want it to be, but it's like, you know, it's like, there's always, like, this lag, right? From, like, where your music is now when you're creating to, like, where your live set is because it's always just a couple months behind because you got to, like, add the new shit and, like, you've always got ideas that take a while to implement and all that sort of stuff. So, it's really just about, like, figuring out over time, like, just how to listen to what's relevant and then just talking to people afterwards and, like, you know, ultimately it's just about connecting So like, if, you know, playing a live show somewhere allows me to connect with somebody, and even if I felt a little bit nervous and my cortisol levels are like fucking jamming through the roof and like, whatever, like that happens, you know, that's always gonna happen, no matter how prepared I am. And it's just like, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm there because it makes me happy to do this music thing and to like spend the hours at my computer all the time and then to just meet people on the road and like have sick experiences.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, man, I love that. I think it's really powerful that you're able to like almost zoom out a little bit and be like, okay, maybe I don't love this, what I'm doing in this current moment right now, but I can see what it's going to do for me. And I love that. Right. So I I think that's such a strong thing and something that comes from the self exploration and self discovery and just being alone with yourself, figuring it out. And, and I feel like a lot of people, and this is, I guess, mainly me speaking for me, but I don't know if it applies to you too, but people in like a creative field we're so physically and emotionally attached to the things that we do right that just working is a form of like sex uh, sex uh <laughs> just <laughs> yes. working is sex yeah. uh no just working is like a form of self like just some research on the self you know you're really getting in there yeah it's uh, either research or expression right yeah mm. like I've, I've the Ooh, way I I've, love that researcher expression. I love yeah. that. Sorry,
2: I, no, it's all good. I mean, like, just to to kind of go off of that. I don't know if you guys experience it this way, but like, I've really been thinking about my time recently in terms of like whether it's input, so I'm like getting inspired by something, output where it's time to just like figure out what the hell's going on and like let loose, or just like sitting with it and Mm. meditating and just like figuring out what the hell it is in the first place. Yeah. Like pretty much every amount of work that I do like relates in some way to those three concepts. So trying to find the balance there, I think, and looking at it that way has been helping me immensely. I don't know if that perspective would work for everybody, but that's been a really big boon for me. It's just like everything's either in, out or like fucking chewing on it. Hmm.
1: Figure it out. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird for you to like, articulate it because i feel like there are some people who like sit on things without realizing they're sitting on it it's just Mm -hmm. like something you're actively working on without realizing and then the things that they go do um maybe a product of them sitting on it or it's just like happens all at once obviously the creative thing is all over the place so there's no way to measure it but it's interesting to hear like kind of like a three-step process yeah, a little bit. It's like yeah, and I and I know like kind of touching on where we'll go later with mm-hmm. the show. Like you, you, I guess are very present all the time, and you're considering all of that. I wish I could say that, but I I aim
2: I aim for that. Right. So when, when um, I'm on track, yes,
0: yeah, right. Right. I think a lot of these practices for me, because you know, I I feel that I'm in a, a similar place where I'm like just really trying to process why I do what it is that I do, mm-hmm. and you know what some stuff means with some stuff doesn't necessarily have to mean but um i just i just you know I, th- I think it's such a beautiful thing of like quantifying that and like while it may get lost for me at least in like in the practice of doing it mm-hmm. it's really important for me to like reflect back on it and and then apply those principles because we're we all get caught up in the moment you know and then at some point for me, my instincts just take over, you know, right. and I'm just kind of operating. But I think if you can take that time to reflect back on what you were doing later or something like that and just kind of it seems like you have a system, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. A little bit of a system. And it, it probably helps to lump things into those categories, you know, in and, and just make sense of it all a little bit. I would I would say so. I mean, it works for me. You know, yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody has their own perspective
2: and sort of... Most definitely. You know, creative practice and mindfulness and whatever, like, you know, I, I guess it's very trendy to talk about mindfulness and, like, you know, approach it from that perspective. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's been doing something to this degree mm-hmm. or to this effect for, like, forever. Yeah. But, you know, there's also a reason, like, most artists in, like, the 1800s died, broke and killed themselves. You know, it's like, hopefully we all don't, like, suffer that same fate. Like, I think... Humanity has evolved to the point where we can figure out how to like balance that with being an adult human mm. and surviving.
0: So this is a great time to uh, just introduce <laughs> our first merch drop. It's a t-shirt that just says uh, "Die, bro, kill yourself." <laughs> um. <laughs> We've got it in black, orange, and blood red. Yep, uh, the all the text is in ox blood, uh, real blood.
1: Yeah. And we have a plant based option if you if you want to. it's the heme protein we just made it bleed mm-hmm. out, so it has the texture of actual meat blood, but mm-hmm. it's not you know of course yeah. it comes in muscle shirts only <laughs> no sleeves on our web store <laughs> it makes you're using all of the muscles that you would need to kill yourself if if the decision oh, comes. Here. I
0: guess that's where we're going with this show.
1: um I have
0: one last uh,
1: last, last last thing yeah. before we before we break. um you're in a very interesting position because as a performer. It's only you on stage, right? So like you're you're taking in a lot of attention, and then you've got the performative element, and then you've got the crowd too. So, um, it was just interesting to hear you talk about how like you may not be in like a comfortable position to to dish out what you're dishing out, mm-hmm. but you're also in a position where it has to be you because there's no other fallback for anyone else to kind of like right. share that energy mm-hmm. with. Totally. Yeah, and it's it's fun watching you like navigate yourself on stage. Like <laughs> as a fan, <laughs> it's fun watching you flail <laughs> <laughs> the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I've, I've had the fortune. Both of us have had the fortune of seeing you um, perform when you're in your element. It's fun. And then I think there there are moments where you're like performing and you're just like focused on the music. And then there are days where you really like resonate with the crowd. I think your Brooklyn Bowl show. Yeah. You really were like in the crowd Because you just seemed to be like Definitely. This is wonderful, life is yeah, great Yeah, I stopped
2: It's funny for context. I the Brooklyn Bowl show was in the middle of a tour, so it was it was like a homecoming. So I was like surrounded by friends I hadn't seen in weeks, and I was just like I didn't give a shit at that point. I was like, look, everything's going great. Like I know how the show goes, and I get to just like crank it up, and I just felt comfortable. So like obviously a show like that, you know, when when the vibes are right, like those shows just go great, you know. And inevitably, like some other shows, you get to fucking Pittsburgh and it's raining, and you're like, why am I here on a Tuesday? And that show doesn't go as well, and like you know the venue's weird, and like half of the room's closed up I mean there's always mm. a million factors, and like right. you know you you just gotta like get good at closing that stuff out, you know the the distractions and just like focus on what you can do but um but yeah, I mean like I guess my my only point is like you know, I might not be a natural on stage, but I definitely like have found many things help me express what i do and yes it is weird being maybe the only person on stage sometimes like i definitely feel that's like oh, it's a lot of pressure but at the same time i have the music and the music is really what i pour my heart and soul into mm. so like over time i'm just recognizing like okay if i put all my value or all my focus into the music itself like I don't really necessarily care how I come across as a performer if the music is going to be able to be um, up in front, mm. you know? So it's just, a, you know, it's all a work in progress. Like mm. as, I, as I move forward and as I learn more about how my music translates and as I keep creating music and seeing how it works in front of people and everything, like I mainly make it for myself, right? So I have to figure out how to translate that in a way that makes the most sense in front of a live crowd. Because I'm lucky enough to have these opportunities, right? So it's just it's just that that game, just balancing.
0: Yeah, man. And, and let me just say too, I, I think like and getting to know you now, like g- getting to know you now, like if I went to go see your show now, I think I would pick up a little bit more on this stuff. But even when I saw you the first time when we met, I met you at the Rough Trade show. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, right. you're opening for Anomaly. Yeah, right. Um, and I was floored by your show. Like I truly, truly was. Like, thanks, man it was just, I was, I was really moved by it. And I mean, I was working, I was shooting photos for you. Um, but it, it was something that was so powerful, that whole show, because then even Anomaly said after that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But your, I mean, your onstage charisma, I remember specifically noting like, oh man, this dude, this dude's going off, like he's just <laughs> going, you know. And I thought that was such a beautiful thing because I'm like if I was up there I'd be terrified I would be hur- just horrified so I, I always thought it was like a very powerful thing to see you perform live and getting to know you and then seeing you continue to do that is just an even cooler thing you know um, yeah I just wanted to compliment you in a, in a genuine way <laughs> and I really appreciate you saying that man. yeah man of course seriously
1: so speaking of powerful we've got uh, a little bit more exploration Diving into the specific of bureaucratic on the second half of the show. Don't go anywhere. We've got more generally specific in a second. Kiss your mom. Hey. Andre, again, thanks for listening to another episode of Generally Specific. Here's some fun facts. This was the first episode of the podcast that we recorded in the Wave Cave studio. We were still in the process of acquiring the music that was done for us by Nothing New. Shout out to Nothing New. We did not have a Twitter. We did not have an Instagram at the time. We did not have any of our social media platforms built at that time, too. So, it was a very exciting time. We just let this one rip, and you can see how comfortable and relaxed this episode is. Um, And then we took it from there. So, again, thanks for listening. Specific side coming up in a second.
0: It's us yeah we're here i'm here brandon we me <laughs> we me. All brandon bureaucratic Huey
1: lewis how many people have fucked up your name um <laughs> more,
2: more than half i mean like how many people i'd venture well over okay are we talking in person to me like to my face or just like their understanding of my name is wrong and they're a person who exists in this world in your face in my face, it's been well over three hundred. Damn! Like what, wow, what are, what are the worst offenders? The worst offenders? Uh, I mean, I've gotten like birocractic. I mean, I've got like yeah, like literally make that shit rhyme with chiropractor. Um, I've gotten I've gotten some rough ones. No, but what normally happens is like on tour, I'll just show up at like a green room. And oh, it's, like, and it's just like biocratic every time. Hey, are you prophylactic? It's, yeah, right. It's always the same misspelling. Too. It's always biocratic. And it's, uh, like, I get it. I made up a word. But, like, also, why?
1: Oh, man. It's just so funny. It's not hard. People, like, go out of their way to fuck it up.
2: Well, it's I, fanatic. No, they don't, though. They they don't care. That's it. That's and it. it. And it's just it, like, all right, I yeah. guess.
1: The amount of times I've gotten mail that says Doherty. Yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah.
0: No. My last name is like, the easiest thing in the world yes. to pronounce an Everyone says it. Hey, Anthony wrong. Cosme. Yeah, Cosme. Cosme. Yeah, Kazumi. <laughs> <Cosme>. Kazumi. <laughs> no, it's because of you. Kazumi. <laughs> yeah. That was exhausting.
2: Right. Like since copy paste was invented, I just feel like it shouldn't be an anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, who needs it? You it's can't
0: blame easy. someone
1: other than yourself. Basically, at this point,
0: hey, you're doing it. You know. Speaking of which, we're doing it live. There's here, a right yeah, answer and there's specific. a wrong answer. That's all I'm saying.
1: Um, we're on the specific side of the tape here. and uh, Flipped her over. As we like to do with each guest, we ask them uh, to name a person, place, or thing. Thing being very general in that sense of what inspires them. So, Brandon, you have done that. And, uh, <laughs> well, okay. If you <laughs> let off a person, place, or thing, I wouldn't have fucking spent three hours on this email. But I'm glad oh, I damn. did, regardless. No, no, no. Your answer was wonderful. And in my notes, I think I tried to sum it up the best that I could. So, Brandon had this very long, sprawling email that he had the opportunity to deliver while he was on vacation. So, he's in a very meditative place. Mm, indeed. Um, so, as I had put it, I said that you have an affinity for the absurd nature of life specifically how art travels and communicates the extreme unbelievability that anything and everything is happening yeah basically yeah mm, yeah so let's get into it so you broke All it right. down into like sections you talked about like how you go into the world find leftovers as you specifically called them mm-hmm. give them new life and put them out the world out into the world that people can digest so so let's talk about crate digging for, for like a hot second. When you go out and crate dig, what are you looking for specifically? Are you like, cover art's dope, this label's dope, I like the way it looks, and then run with it. What are you looking for? Uh,
2: sort of, it's like a combination of everything. Um, I have a very specific taste when it comes to like the instruments that I like to use, mm, what uh, or sample like use? from, which is generally like strings and voices. Like, I just love lushness. So I look for that, look for that first and foremost, but within that I'm also like, I just want to find something that looks like incomplete in a way, or like the story Mm. is just like, what is going on with this record? Mm. Just like you can't place it, you can't figure out where the hell this came from. You, You like, you wonder what happened to the, to the folks who made it afterwards, um, and I find it funny because I was as I was writing this email and like thinking about this process, like it's it's all too easy to like do the research and find out actually what happened. That's true. And I think part of what I like about this process and about actually digging for physical records is just like removing that from the process and just like letting the imagination run wild and say like, Okay, I'm presented with this twelve inch by twelve inch piece of cardboard with a bunch of music in the disc inside. Like that's it like with this what can i glean Mm. and that to me is kind of the fun Mm. it's just like where the hell is fucking tony tony romeo from 1982 with like a white marble bag there's like pre-vaporwave aesthetics and he's got like a suit on with the sleeves rolled up and shit and you're just like what the fuck like in, you know, like in what, what variables led to this guy doing this and like, did it work? You're like, what, does he like have a family now? Does he like cook well? You know, just like, I just like look for all those, you know, what does he drive like a Chevy? Is he like a foreign car guy? Like what, you know, like what's the deal, but like not actually doing the research and just be like, I don't know, man. There's like this multiplicity to life that like it could be fucking anything. Like hmm. who knows? And I'm just going to invent some idea in my mind and then just go
1: off that inspiration. Do you feel like, do you feel spiritually con- connected to that person now that you've touched something that they've done and, and given it new life? Here's the
2: thing. I was, I was also thinking about that after I wrote this to you. Cause like, I feel like there's, there's a, there's a, an amount of ignorance that I have as a, like in part in this process that I'm not sure if I'm proud of, because I would love to say that like, I've, Talked to this person. I've reached out to them and said, like, "Hey, I've actually like used, you know, you, something that you created as inspiration, right?" But I think the thing that actually inspires me is the distance I have from them. Hmm. You know, I think I think it's the the fact that it's like random chance that I wound up in this record store on this day and found this record because someone sold it to them the day before. And here it is. And it's just like, you gotta kind of just go with exactly what's in your hand and not really think about anything else. And maybe after the fact I can get in touch with them, but I feel like it's more like a romanticized version of this, this record, this music just filtered through my experience. That is what inspires me versus the like true story of that thing. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't know if I'm proud of that necessarily, but it's just one of those things that's like, that's what inspires me.
0: Mm. Uh, romanticize was the word I was going to use For you know whatever it, it, I think there's something Really special about That and, and I, I kind of understand Your point of like You're not sure how to feel about that Because mm-hmm. it is someone's thing That they've put their time And, and effort and lots of it Into Right, it, and you money
2: know? and like Who knows what they right, sacrifice exactly. for it
0: And so now you're Using that to make something that you want to make with it right And I think that that like running with it almost you know like you, you get this little narrative brewing in your head it really reminds me of like dungeons and dragons a little bit you know okay, how so in, in like the character creation way all right where it's just you see like one thing that'll really set you off like a lot of the dungeons and dragons campaigns i've played like a dungeon master will be like okay this is the scenario you guys are in this is the time you're living in make a character that lives here and mm-hmm. I, I wonder if there's any of that through line in that. Do you find yourself like almost making up a character for these people? Yeah,
2: not. Because I, I not know you said that
0: I know that you said like the, the, your inspiration is almost the distance from it. And that you mm-hmm. don't necessarily do the research to find out the factual, which I honestly would do the same thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. But I wonder if there is that level of like, oh, I'm going to just kind of like run with this. And this is what I think this person would do, given the facts and the information that I have to work with. That's
2: definitely more along the lines of how I choose to. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's like because I feel limited by, you know, by learning the realities necessarily of like. Well, it's not that the, not that I wouldn't necessarily be inspired by learning someone's actual condition and like what they went through to make this record and, right. and what they did and why and oh, like, of course, you know, those very humanistic details. But like, I think just through the lens of like, I don't know, I was like really into absurd comedy too. When I started doing like, we're, we're not going to touch on that. We're going to touch on for that. For sure. We yeah. get there. We do go there. Definitely. We do go there. So there, there is like, there's a degree to which it's just like, it's fun to spin off of this shit. Yeah. Like it's just enjoyable as hell to just be like, what the fuck am I looking at right now? And be like, I gotta take this home and like make something funny out of it. Uh, 'Cause it's just it's just goofy. Like especially when you flip a record too, you just turn something that could be like really like charming and like nice and easy like especially like easy listening. Like I love that shit because <laughs> it's just so easy to just be like, Nope. <laughs> and, and you know, and like when you do that you're just saying like, aha like it's just a goof. I don't know. Like so that that's really where it came from. It's like knowing that I could flip that into something that would just completely like not remove the charm of the original but just contextualize it in a way that's just like whoa okay yeah this is this is just a fucking goof
1: can I ask you about some of the titles of your songs too definitely like I mean Bob Ross Goes to Hollywood is just like a a funny name and I'm sure you have the story behind it but you know Bob Ross is a real person like Mm -hmm who is Tony and why is he having a belated breakfast? Like who is disco Dan? Are these people based off the records or these just like characters?
2: They're just characters that exist in the universe. That is that title. Okay. Like, I mean, Bob Ross is obviously a human being and the reason I named that track Bob Ross goes to Hollywood is because it just reminded me of the Bob Ross theme song from PBS show. And like, and just that kind of like, smooth jazz like like acoustic guitar with like a ton of reverb on it stuff i mean so it's like i will admit it is a coarse reading of, <laughs> of that like i'm not gonna admit that i'm like you know doing a deep dive but like that was kind of the point It was just mm-hmm. like this is kind of like a just a goofy approximation of what this is and what it feels like to me mm-hmm. and that in some sense to me like legitimized the beat in my own head as to like the thing that it represents because I mean it's just like it's a fucking two minute beat of like sounds you know it's not here to stand for too much I'm not making a grandiose artistic statement it's just like all right what are these like what do these sounds represent to me and usually it's just like a character nice yeah
0: I like that and I really like the layer of like your personality coming through so to speak you know because we are kind of a group of people that'll get together and just kind of goof around a little bit. Where it's some some uh, some adults yeah, that know how to really just goof off.
2: Yeah, you know, we let loose once in a while. Just you know, a, a couple, good of, couple brews. Who
0: needs you know? a a couple of jokes,
2: talk about sports.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know how we do it. Um, <laughs> no, I just think that's that's an interesting layer um, to hear you speak about in your music. Is like a layer of almost comedy. Yeah. Of oh, this is funny, you know, and I think a lot of the music that resonates with me personally has that, an element of that, uh, like, a, like a layer
1: of self awareness.
0: I'm too. struggling. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you, you, you are you good? You want to talk about? I, I want to bring up the Smiths so bad, <laughs> dude. Any chance you right, could get, get it, it out? Yeah, get go it ahead, What do you got to say? What you got to say? Well, I think Morrissey's really funny, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not like not like current. Morrissey's super problematic but like if you think (laughs) like if you think like girlfriend in a coma is a serious song like what the fuck but right like Like I know I know it's serious you take that shit serious
2: you're fucked up yeah
0: it's it's like there's gotta be a goof in it somewhere you know well Um, yeah I mean I you know some art, yeah some 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 you yeah. know, I'm not also reading Elliot Smith the same way. No, I <laughs> <and> shouldn't. <laughs> and there are some. Yeah, that dude was fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, my uh, no, dude. Rest in peace. Yes. Yeah, the trumpet Actually, is drunk. <laughs> it's a Rose Parade reference. Yeah. Either or, baby. You got me. Yep. Not I. I can't necessarily join you on
2: that
1: one, but now, dude just lifted his shirt to show us. Oh, what look? Lif- yeah. Who? The business. There you go. Uh, the business. <laughs> <laughs> he just showed us the business. Wow. Out of context, doesn't sound
0: great. (laughs) It's an audio medium, Andre. Yeah. They don't know what the business is. It's it's an imaginative medium, though. And for the record, he's not
1: wearing pants, so he looks at his shirt, (laughs) and the business is just just staring right back at us. Business is out, baby, you know? Oh, man. So in in your email, you you had also brought up um, (laughs) photography as another one of these ways in which you like... Touch the infinite and kind of oh God, stop that it in time. So cocky.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I my job is basically just to like scrape the void. So any chance I get, I fucking do it, and I will I will give the results to you, peasants. Okay, By Brenda Rowan, <laughs> <laughs> void scraper. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, what's up? What's up? What's your photography, man? What's photography. I don't know. I was depressed and bored, so I would go outside and I would take photos of shit that I thought was as depressing as boring <laughs> as I was. Oh, no. Wow. No, and for no. real Fire, fire. I mean, a little bit. So when I was when I was really into photography as like a creative outlet, I was living in Cape May, New Jersey, which is um, a town maybe like two hours away from where I actually grew up. So I like went there and spent summers there while I was in college in New York. Now I would split my time, work from like four to midnight or so in a restaurant every night and my days were off so that I could work on music and like try to be as inspired as possible. Of course, I'm living in a town that's like a resort. It's like the Hamptons of Philadelphia. There's not really any culture that like happens there, so to speak. So it's like just kind of boring and when you're like dying to get back to New York where all your creative friends are, you know, throughout the rest of the year you get to like steep in music and like that's your thing and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm at the beach and I've got, you good?
1: Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> um,
2: and, like I'm at the beach and like there's nothing to do except work, which is great, but like it's not stimulating in any way. It's just like a good way to make money. Um, yeah, it was just like I need to go around town and like find things that echo the spirit that I feel right now, which is just like being a little bit out of place, being a little bit sort of feeling forgotten, feeling a little bit like, you know, what's the story that's not being told? So I would just hop on my bike. I I loved getting on my bike because it really removes the barrier that you feel like when you're in a vehicle driving around. Mm. You are not as connected with your environment. When you're on a bike you're going slower, you're able to notice things a lot more. It's a very meditative experience. So I would make it a point every summer of in the mornings, like super early in the morning. I would like get up, I would make myself breakfast, and then I would just go out on my bike and I would explore every street on the island that I was on over the course of the summer like slowly and just see what was around there because it was just so cool because there's always like some like hidden fucking like farm and you know then like you go through you know, like trespass through someone's like woods and shit and then you get to this beach that like you can only see on google maps and it's like oh shit there's like all these like dead horseshoe crabs and shit here like hmm. this is weird and in the same way that like coming across a random vinyl in a shop it was just like, what am I gonna find today that like I can sort of romanticize this story about, you know? Because that was what I was. I was just bored. I like needed something, so I think that's like really what I found. Is I would just go around and just be like inventing stories for the things that I would see that were just like a little bit on the outskirts of town that were like
1: sort of not explained. I'll just live that shit in my head. Can I bounce this off to you, Cosme? Like that explanation almost sounds like, like I guess. Uh, this is a dumb way to put it, but if I were to be as avid a, a street photographer as you are, do you, do you, when you take your photos and view them afterward, are you, is it like the things that really pop out to you? Do you think these people like have these stories that are worth telling without you having to sell the whole story? Cause Cosme that's a is, great question. Cosme oh. takes photos. A well, lot of them.
2: Yeah. if If you don't, If you don't uh, follow Cosme already You should follow Cosme If you don't follow (sighs) Dowdy already You should follow Um, You could
1: if you
0: want. No doubt on Instagram Um, Never doubt on Twitter baby (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No I I think that When I'm looking back on the photos Like Or Let me start here I think in the moment I notice one thing Mm. Right And One thing will lead to another thing Will lead to another thing And I'm taking a picture Mm -hmm. Um a lot of the times, truthfully, it's like I'm pointing the camera before I connect the dots. Mm-hmm. I think street photography, specifically uh, in in New York, is something that happens so quickly that at some point you just need to go on instinct. Yeah. Um, and ho- not, I hope is a funny word because I don't I, I don't hope for it. I'm actively seeking out and doing it mm-hmm. and attempting to. Uh, See some through line In in my creative vision But at the end of the day I'm trying to I'm zeroing in on a moment On something that happened And that is gone So I think that no matter What I capture surrounding it If I can remember the moment I think that I've Done a successful job Hmm. Um, So do you In that sense Do you see it as sort of Documentary Yes, I th- okay. I see it much more as that because I also think like I have a lot of weird I don't know if it's just me or and it's actually really kind of touching on the point the article you sent me recently the Daniel Arnold article, yeah 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 um about like ethics in street photography mm-hmm. and I think it's really important that to 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 make people aware of that like if I'm shooting your photo it's something about you I like it's something about you that's interesting it, it would i i never want anyone to feel the way that like i'm shooting their photo to exploit them or 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 any or anything like that so anything mm-hmm. i see is genuinely like a beautiful touching moment that i'm interested in right um those don't always come across as like the brightest or most happy images but they, they nothing needs to be happy it's right. just that i th- saw a moment that i like mm-hmm. um but I think it would relate much more to documentary photography than street photography. Um, the line between the two is kind of blurred, in, then, in in my opinion. I think in, in just the I could ramble about this forever. So, <laughs> and you should. <laughs> I mean, I'm just to like pile it on top of
1: what Brandon's saying. Like, there's a level of absurdity there, is, and partly because like the things you capture mm-hmm. wouldn't be captured had you not been there. Yeah, of so course. So part of part of that like. As, Holy shit, this is real now is because you decided to get up that day right. and say, Hey, I'm gonna go out. And you happen to be on that block at right. a particular time and you happen to have that moment in
2: front of your eyes filtered through your taste of what you think is right. an exceptional enough moment to then document. Like
0: all that shit is random at it the is. end of the day. It you is know? and um I mean that really ties into to to your email. Um and, and I think maybe one last thing before we get off off the Subject of street photography that I also want to kind of just uh, loop on in there. Um, I think there's also a sense of humor that should come through uh, for me at least. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it's just if you could throw your personality at something and show who you are without speaking mm-hmm. and express yourself through a different medium, then that's a powerful thing. And that humor is not only funny, but humor is powerful as well. Mm. So. <laughs> Not to derail your beautiful segue because nah. that was such a nice segue. <laughs> it was so good, um, but back into to to Brandon's email about the probability and statistic how crazy and how random it is that we're here, even right now, that the three of us are in this one room in New York City and yeah. five years ago, none of us knew each other, right, yeah, which is wild, you know. And now we're here, we're good buds, oh. and, and, and we're here, we're talking, you know? So that's crazy, and I think that there's a lot of that that goes by, and, you know, I thought it would be fun to maybe run the numbers on some of these big things and, and get old <laughs> Brandon's opinion on See them. See what you got. Oh, I got some things, yeah, bud. you got some
1: some wild things. Yeah, so
0: um, I just, they're not really too wild, to be honest. Mainly, like, what would you think the probability of winning the 1 billion dollar Mega Millions jackpot was in October of 2018. I would say one in about um it was
2: 1 billion dollars, right? Yeah. So it would definitely be more than one in a billion. I would go for like mm. one in like 90
0: billion. Okay. So it's one in 88 quadrillion. <laughs> That's it's one in eighty-eight quadrillion to win the. That is so the one billion dollar to everyone who plays the lottery. Yeah. and so if if the, you but, play the lottery, yeah, now hold maybe on, consider
2: that expected value right there. Hold on, it's let me low. just
0: give you one more piece here. So you could win okay. a smaller prize, and these are a little bit easier for mm-hmm. you. Um, the smaller prizes, you stand like one in three hundred and two million. Um, okay, to win for, like anything t- at all no to win the um to win one of the smaller prizes which i guess who knows Whatever but six dollars <laughs> yeah to win a dollar uh yeah.
2: the, the, the the not um, enough to even get me back to the gas station, no, I'm redeem it. the
0: 345 million dollar <laughs> powerball stood in at one in 292 million oh wow yeah um Jesus Christ. It's insane. I, I mean, I'm just like dumbfounded by that amount of people. Like, shit, it's just blowing my head right now. And I've read this already. So so <laughs> he,
1: he dropped one in here about bowling a perfect game. And I recently, as like a, as an exercise for my students, I'll show my students a video about like breaking down the, the 7-10 split. Yeah. It's a very well-done video by wired. So I'll like break down like the rules of bowling, like how professionals go about it, how like, Science and tech are trying to figure out how to break the the seven ten. It's wild. No matter what you do, the seven ten split is luck. You have to have wow. enough force to bounce one of the pins across the lane right. to hit the other one, and that's dependent upon the backing of the 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 lane itself. Because some lanes have a rubber um,
0: rubber baby bubby bumper.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so the the <laughs> pin will get absorbed into that, and it won't ricochet off. And the other the older setters, I believe, have a hard back. So that being here nor there, um, here's what he sent. He said, even with the chances, the odds of a professional player bowling a perfect game is 460 to one, while those of a casual player stand at 11,500 to one. Wow.
2: That's pretty impressively uh, possible. Uh, for a casual play higher yeah. than winning the lotto well uh, not surprising but 11,500 to one so you're telling me you only got to go to the bowling alley 11, times <laughs> how many how to many years To average is that? one
1: perfect game how many years is that Let's depends how much time you if have you go every day once a day how many years will it take you to win the a perfect game so how many years are in 11500 that's days. what we're about to find out
0: so how many how many times do you think you guys have been bowling I would say mine is under a hundred
1: you'd have to go no. definitely I would
2: say it's like within like around like two dozen you would have to go every day for 30, 31 and a half years. 31 and a half years well, well I've
0: been going every day year. so I am just I don't know like six or yeah six years off all right okay so but God, I'll God, be this
2: you go every day. Yeah. You're not just playing one game. Oh, shit. You get at least two shit. in while you have the lane. Shit, shit, yeah. So cut that down to 15 and a quarter years. Okay. Now okay. we're talking. Okay. Now we're talking okay. doable, dude. So 11. Now we're talking. That's 15 and a quarter years of playing every day to still be a casual player. by the end. Of the <laughs> at
0: this, I'm still a casual bowler. <laughs> But now uh, <laughs> at what point do you become a professional bowler? I mean I guess when you make money off when of it. When you decide yeah, it doesn't just happen by accident. But does then the to probability to just switch? Because then you only gotta play four hundred something games. I,
1: I think, yeah. I two think years. I think if you're going playing at least two games a day and going for fifteen years, I think, then it's two? Two, two years uh fifteen. Andrea, I dog you the
0: bath <sighs> Wow. Wow okay. I fucked it up.
1: Oh, you know, fuck it, fuck it. We'll move on. I have
0: I have one more little fun fact yeah, that, I, that I thought would be fun. So how, um, cracking open a big old egg with two yolks in that thing, huh? <laughs> Pretty rare. Pretty rare. Never done it myself. Me neither. But if you crack one every day, mm-hmm. so you crack one egg every day, you are likely to get a yolk once every three years. That's not bad. A double yolk. Yeah. yeah. But because the universe is like completely random, wow, wacky, um, you can also end up with one carton, a full carton of double double yolk yolk. eggs like one British man did back in 2016.
2: Get out of town. So I
0: pulled that article for that. Um, Can you send me that article and make a beat out of his interview? (laughs) (laughs) Egg beat. Um, Double yolks. Double yolk. Um, So the odds for that. Single drops noon. The odds for a full carton, twelve eggs, double yolks—that's twenty-four eggs. Right. I mean, tw- twenty-four yolks. We're talking. <laughs> yolks. We're talking twelve eggs, twenty-four yolks. That is one in a thousand trillion. Okay.
1: You have a better chance. That's that's yes. a quadrillion. No, you have a better chance of getting that carton than you do. When oh, no, a, no, no, excuse $345 me. One
0: hundred and forty-five million dollars on the mega millions. You
1: have a better chance right. of bowling a perfect game than you do getting a full carton of double yolk eggs
0: and then you do of winning the lottery? You so could probably Well no, the the yeah. lottery's the least probable. Right. But the lower prize is more probable. All oh, right, right, true. Yeah. Right, 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 so it's right. in between. Cuz then you're in the you're in the millions at that point. I think it's like 200 something million. Right, right, right. 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 So now that we all have fried brains, let's talk about humor. Life. <laughs> <Psych>. Um <laughs> can't wait. Let's talk about philosophies. Let's talk about getting deep, baby. Well, so here's <laughs> a, here's talk. the thing. Let's talk about getting <laughs> deep. deep. Yeah, let's talk. So, how deep do you guys want to get? This is us talking about how, getting deep. How deep do you guys normally get? How deep is your love?
1: <laughs> I hate myself. Okay, so I gotta go home. That one didn't land. <laughs> no, it didn't land well at all. No, no I the I mean, studio it's audience fine. didn't land. I high-fived like one dude in the audience who thought it was funny. We could You know, yeah. you had brought up earlier. Absurd humor, yes. And in being in close proximity to you, we've learned that you are a fan of of Tim and Eric, mm-hmm. of the Reggie Watts, mm-hmm. of the people of that ilk, the Adult Swim brand of extremely absurd humor. Mm-hmm. How does that humor translate? Into your like everyday philosophy, like why does it work for you? Actually, let's go there. Why does that humor work? Um, man, I haven't thought about this enough
2: recently. I mean, it's been admittedly it's been a few years since I like really went down the absurd humor rabbit hole, especially with like Tim and Eric and those and and the Eric Andres. Yeah. And, um, but fuck, I mean, it's basically <laughs> like. the thing about it is like they just create characters and those characters exhibit the most exaggerated personality traits within a specific like idea possible right Mm. so take steve Brule. oh my man (laughs) probably like a deeply problematic personality um but like his whole shtick is like, you don't know what's going on, and he's just gonna make people uncomfortable, and he's not gonna explain what's going on, right? How does this relate to my art? I'm not even really sure at this point.
1: So, I don't know. I don't know if this is fair. So I'll give myself a good gap to cut this if necessary. So, bureaucratic can sometimes be a character. Am I correct in saying that, or or no? Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so we can use that. Yeah. All right. Cool. So there, there, I, I mean, it's still an extension of you, and I, very much how you live your life and the humor that you do have yourself. But uh, I feel like sometimes bureaucratic is is very much at home with a Tim and Eric or an Eric Andre, and 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 or Steve Brule, and like can be homies with them.
2: Yeah. In, do you mean like in the fictional sense or in the like actual sense I, in the fictional sense all right cool yeah, yeah. yeah I mean here's the thing the thing the thing that I find inspiring about those those guys right is that they are really good at like mimicking the mannerisms of like normal people who are kind of like uncomfortable to be right like their acting skills are such that they can just like really translate the normal ass dude next door who makes you a little, like you you got five minutes with him before you're like, all right, I need, I need to go, you know, (laughs) like, and like, there's something very specific about being like that kind of an actor and that kind of an entertainer where you can just be like, man, this is like, Fucking uncomfortable, but it's so consistent. You know, it's not just like oh, like dumb character. It's like, wow, this guy is nailing like Norm down the street right now. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. who I fucking hate, and who like every time he asks me to watch the game with him, I'm like, yeah, we'll see. You know, like <laughs> might you know got cook dinner, kids going back home. You know, it's just like, it's all. It's like <laughs> seeing someone who can who can pick up on those nuances of like very, very distasteful or like uncomfortable interactions and actually just like blast it out in the open. I just find that shit so funny.
0: <laughs> I think that it's great, so man. I, I love it. Cause it, I think there, it gives a little sense of realism to it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not so outlandish. These are people, you know, like, Right, I mean, crank, cranked purpose. up to like yeah. eleven, yeah, but yeah, exaggerated versions of people you know, but right, a little bit of people you know, like yeah. You got someone in mind when that's exactly you are like, oh, you know, um, George, fucking George. George is always the goddamn worst,
1: and and I feel like George is really an honest, like an honestly good person. Yeah, yeah, but you can't stand him, right? And he's like, hey man, let me get some sugar. You give him the sugar.
0: Hey, you watched the you game yesterday,
1: him. and you're like, "Shit, you're already overstaying." Here I am. <laughs> yeah, this is 20 minutes right off the I've bat. Done it. <laughs> um, there's a show you like on Netflix that also dives into this kind of thing. I'm sorry, I think you should leave or whatever. Oh yeah, I think you should leave. Tim
0: Robinson's show. Yeah, it's a yeah. really, also really excellent editor. sketch and show. And he's
2: like a Tim and Eric protege of.
0: He worked with them a lot, right? Oh, I, thi- I haven't I seen the show. Actually. So it's an excellent show. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he's incredible. I think that. They've done a really good job cultivating, um, not cultivating, just 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 putting together a show that's so specific, okay, to, to Tim Robinson's brand of humor, yeah, but so accessible for everyone else, yeah. You know, like I wouldn't have thought that I <laughs> give a shit about a, a skit where someone doesn't wipe their ass, oh, yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> And, oh, and it's I'm maybe lying. one of my favorite. Actually, no, I think my favorite one is the Baby of the Year pageant.
1: Oh, oh my! Yeah, that is your favorite. It, <laughs> yeah, it's so.
0: It is. it is so funny. It's just a bunch of adults yelling at a baby, the bad boy baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck you, Harley Jarvis. You, I hope oh you fucking god. die, Harley Jarvis. <laughs> so the fucking funny. host is like, get, get him the fuck out of here. Just leave. Oh <laughs> my god! So. But, Go ahead, go, no, ahead. I, go ahead. I just, I just think that, that's, yeah, you, you, got it's so Please. easily watchable too. It's like seventeen minutes an episode. Oh, great. Yeah, they're short. They're short. Um, Perfect for my fucking bullshit attention span. Hey it's man, amazing. we're all getting them, dude. We need that micro content. That sweet, sweet piece. Um, Everything's a drug. Yeah, my love is a drug. Kesha. <laughs> Kesha Yo, said get that.
2: Get the fuck out. Leave. <laughs> Where'd you pull that one from?
0: The Dark Place. Prom. I like Cashew. You guys don't like Cashew? No, I She's like Kesha. Yeah, I don't like her music. I like her as a person. And cool. I Same. Like figure. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I like that. Before I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle oh, of Jack. Jack. Yeah, it's pretty good. Classic. So classic. Let, let me bounce this That's off. Eight? Oh seven. <laughs> can get oh eight. We out of there. We yeah. get out of there. Let me oh nine. There. Yeah.
1: No, I think I was at oh, 09. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Me. Great time. Prom. Yeah. Prom. Mm-hmm. You would have went to prom and heard that. You're like, yeah, baby, bottle of Jack. This
0: is what we got. You Just old fuck. Oh, <laughs> nine ass prom. Uh, yeah, you
1: went to prom in oh, nine. And uh, Kesha was thinking about swinging that Jack for toothpay. Fuck it. Um, let me bounce this off you real uh-huh. fast. So I was reading an article about like millennials sense of humor, which okay. obviously of like is this adult swim kind of Tim and Eric, Eric Andre, et cetera, kind of humor. Sure. And, uh, They had talked to um, someone who worked for the Eric Andre show. And according to Andrew DeYoung, the director of 555, which is another show on the Internet, apparently that's also in this brand Mm -hmm. um, and one time editor of the Eric Andre show. The Adult Swim School of Comedy is designed to reflect the frenetic distribution of information on the Internet. That's why a lot of their shows are so chaotic and absurd. Agree or disagree? Totally. 100%.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the funny thing is like we grew up in, you know, like in our childhood, we're, I'm um, 26, you guys are, what? No, 25 27. Years.
0: Yeah, 27. 14
2: yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so other than this baby here. This <laughs> fucking um, pageant baby. This, this <laughs> tiny boy next to us. Who, um, oh, me? Yeah, so, it, yeah, we grew up without the shit, and then all of a sudden we're just like aware of the whole world. Yeah. And uh and all the different characters that, that make it up. Like it it's a very strange transition to have to have lived through and I appreciate for one Adult Swim recognizing how fucking bizarre that is and just saying like, Alright, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna take everything that's weird about this and we're going to make it worse. Mm. And then we're just gonna show it to you. And for some reason we like it.
0: I think there's like a Kind of a comfort and uncomfortability, uncomfortability nowadays, where it's like we can all take enjoyment in knowing that uncomfortable feeling, right? Like the the humor for me come is derivative from feeling that way in a real situation, you know. Like maybe not. I'm not at a baby pageant where someone tries to kill a kid. Um, (laughs) Spoilers, (laughs) Um, but you know you've been at that shit. You've been at those weird shows that you're like, why do you give a shit about this? Right. I think there's there's we we're at that point where
1: we've seen so many, so many different tropes and things that people take seriously that aren't actually serious. And because the internet is so wide and vast We take all this information and say Wow, this is all real just bullshit At the end of the day Right So let's just put it on its nose And call it what it is Exactly And so here we are Exactly So Uh, now
0: speaking of uh, things that humans put effort into I would just like to quote something that Brandon said Fire, yes
1: This was a fire
0: quote Yeah, it was really, really nice Uh, You said that there's so much life force embedded within the shit that we humans slave over I thought that was super like Eloquent. I thought that was a really great way to put that. You know what I mean? Like, n- not just saying that everything has meaning, but it's that man hours and all this shit goes into this thing. Right. You know, like you were talking about before, these um, artists in the eighteen hundreds that would die broke and <laughs> kill themselves. Uh, shout out to our merch store. Um, shout out to Man Go, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um but you know there's all these prolific people and it's it's just really interesting to me that that even before this time of like media craze mm-hmm. that people felt driven enough to put all this work into that do you think that in another time and this is real heady now i guess but you know it's the end of the, it's the end of the podcastish time so we're we're getting there do you think in another era You would have found the same life path Do you think that you're a product of The Boom of media Cause I, I, I've I struggle with that a lot I'm like would I be doing this if I wasn't Living in 2020
2: Yup
1: I fucked it up too New
0: decade oh, no. gang I've been there um,
2: Yeah I mean I, I don't feel like I would In Was, it, was the question over yeah, yeah that was good. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just thought I hit the yeah, mic. Yeah. Oh. So no, I went, oh. Hey, you know? Um yeah, no, I I would I would say probably definitely not in the same way. Right, yeah. Um but I would I would be expressing myself somehow. You got You, know? you got Yeah, exactly.
0: And it it just uh it, it's something I think about genuinely a lot mm-hmm. of just like how how did these people befo- genuinely like before the age of where you could Google something, even be like, "Oh no, this is what I want to make, and this is what I want to do." Right. And I think that the people that thrive are people that have these original ideas, like people before them haven't had. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And it, it, it's just so interesting that that level of expression can resonate on such a big level. And then now, obviously, it's 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 playing through a speaker, uh, a f- megaphone. You know what I mean? Right. And, I mean, I'm kind of losing my uh, my zhuzh a little bit here. <laughs> Your zhuzh? Is that a Queer Eye reference? It wasn't. It was more of like just a Yiddish thing. I see. But shouts to Queer Eye yeah. in a major way. So, I mean, generally specific, you know, we're talking here. Um, we're about to wrap things up here. We're just wondering, I mean, I guess, what are what's something you think people should be up on right now? That, people. Or just something you're interested in lately. doesn't have to be anything too crazy. Just something something for the for the folks at home to give a goog to, if you will, now that we have that technology. All right, type this into your, your Omni bars up in Chrome.
2: Uh, Bill Burr's got a podcast he puts out twice a week. Oh, right. And um, it's literally just him talking for like an hour and just kind of ranting. And I have found it to be one of the most refreshing things I've come across in a long time. He'll just talk about whatever. He'll turn a twenty-minute story, like he'll he'll talk about taking a, a helicopter pilot's exam, and he'll he'll spin it into a twenty-minute story, and I'll just be laughing my ass off the entire time. It's very entertaining, very funny, and very real. I I highly recommend. It's called the Monday Morning Podcast, even though he puts it out on Monday and also
1: Thursday.
0: God bless him. Nice, Andre. Is there anything you've been into lately you wanna? Let the good people know about.
1: Um, it's most likely music. I have not been up on my podcast game lately. Musically, let me let me come come back to me.
0: Sure. I mean, uh, I have one ready to go.
1: Go ahead, fire it up.
0: Um, I'm drawing blanks right now. I'm gonna go ahead. The Smiths. And, yeah, the, <laughs> the Smiths. Oh, I love the Smiths. I don't know if anyone has heard of the Smiths. Uh, Morrissey. Uh, no, just kidding. You guys know about that. He's the greatest man to ever live. No, um. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna put everyone onto a comedy record. I think you guys should check out the Buck Starts Here by Sean Jordan. Huh. Uh, he's out of L. A. He's uh originally from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Fame. He's one of the hosts of the All Fantasy Everything podcast. Oh, you're a big fan of that. I'm a big fan. It's, of it's that. cool. Yeah, it's a cool. Podcast. It's a really good podcast. Oh, no and um, his his album's great, and you can stream it on Spotify. Uh, yeah, it's called The Buck Starts Here, and it's really good. Um, musically. Uh, this happened
1: today as of the recording, but um, there's this station, web station, radio, web radio station called Worldwide FM. And if you haven't listened to it, I'd like wholeheartedly recommend you listen to something from it, whether it's Giles Peterson, like the OG, like the crate digger of crate diggers. He's the man, um, whether it's listening to their label Brownswood, because they've got so many good acts coming from the UK especially in the jazz realm and if not like I'm a big fan of Erica McCoy's um I think she goes worldwide daily like her program at least attunes to my ears the most and it's like reflective of my taste so um I would just recommend listening to worldwide FM because they were they took over like four hours at the lot radio out in Brooklyn so, yeah, I was upset cuz I wanted Ooh. to come in but I couldn't make it. So like yeah. like Lefto, who's a, like I love Lefto. Lefto was one of the reasons I started DJing. Um yeah. so Lefto, Erica McCoy, Jazz Jazz Peterson, um and another woman whose name I can't remember. Um but they were all at the Lot Radio and like playing all good shit. So like if you haven't had the opportunity listen to Worldwide FM in some capacity.
0: Hmm. Great. I mean, and yeah, I think I think that'll do it for us on this episode here, right? Yeah. Thank you. Anything else we want to cover? Um Yeah, I mean, follow Brandon on on all social media. Are you cross-platform at Bureaucratic? Pretty much. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, uh, at bureaucratic at B-I-R-O-C-R-A-T-I-C. That's correct. On uh, cross-platform. Good you can job. follow me at Anthony Cosme on everything. Anthony Cosme I'm not gonna spell it. You can follow Andre Dowdy on most things at, at no doubt at twitter he is at never a doubt yeah yeah uh doubt is spelled d-o-u-g-h-t it's a play off my last name doubty
1: yes that is me um generally specific will most likely have an instagram so
0: follow that as well yeah go <laughs> ahead we have to make it still but it's gonna be uh hopefully at generally specific pod yes Uh, find out if they've made good on this claim (laughs) by (laughs) Googling. Please go ahead and Google us. Google Um, the Instagram. (laughs) Look out for more of these. I think we should have a few more coming out. Yeah, yeah, Uh, we'll be um, Fridays, Fridays. Yeah, we're dropping on you at Fridays, and uh, we're not talking about TGIF, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't you now? (laughs) All right, generally specific, baby. Kiss your mom, bye.
1: Generally Specific is produced by me, Andre Dowdy, and Anthony Cosme, recorded at the Wave Cave studio in Bushwick, that is Brooklyn, New York. The theme and our music from the break comes from nothing new. If you haven't already, check out our episode zero with myself and Anthony, our episode with Christopher Davis and Abita Austin. Kiss your mom. We'll see you next Friday.